This recording may contain language and or content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. This is Mo and Order, and you're listening to Joe Declassified Spec Ops. Spec Ops, Toy Fair 2012. We review the retaliation offerings from Toy Fair. Is articulation loss an extinction-level event? We are joined by an unexpected special guest who lets us in on a little secret about the retaliation Night Viper and Crimson Cat. Welcome to Joe Declassified, Spec Ops. Welcome to the second episode of Joe Declassified Spec Ops. We are a G.I. Joe podcast that hopefully strives to observe and report from the hidden world of G.I. Joe. Uh, Tonight we attempt to take in everything that erupted from Toy Fair over the past few days. The big reveals, the unexpected tidbits, the new controversies, and uh, everything in between. But first, we have some introductions to get out of the way uh, in regards to some members of our podcast who uh, were unavailable last week. And as we go along, there will be other members who have also missed this episode who will uh, introduce themselves on later episodes. But for now, uh, we'll take it to uh, Mr. Patrick Stewart uh, for his introduction and to speak a little bit about his uh, experience with what Declassified is uh, to him and to the community and... uh, then we'll move on to our other members. So, uh, Pat? Hey, Gary. Um, glad to be here. Um, just to give a brief introduction of myself, I, if you know me online, you probably know me as not Picard. My name is Patrick Stewart, so haha, you know, the whole Star Trek thing. I get that a lot. Um, so I go by not Picard pretty much everywhere. Uh, I've been collecting G.I. Joe since November of 1982, when my brother had the good taste of picking out a Cobra Trooper for me for my birthday. So I collected G.I. Joe up through midway through 1985 as a kid, and then got back into it in 1989 because Snake Eyes version 3 was just too awesome to pass up, and the floodgates opened, and ever since then I've been collecting, so... I got kind of into the G.I. Joe community through snail mail, actually, at the time. So I've kind of been here and there uh, in the background a little bit for a, a very long time. You know, I was with the pit uh, as far as online presence goes. And then I was happy to uh, join Yojo.com, where right now I still do variations. And uh, I work on the pre-production section. And I have also worked on JoeIntel.com and my other interests, because I always have to bring up Starcom, because that's one of my other toy lines I loved as a kid, um, StarcomSpaceForce.com. If you're into Starcom at all, definitely visit that. Uh, And one of the things that I really love about the Joe Declassified project is that there are a lot of things with G.I. Joe that 
that go not only unseen, but also a little unexplained. And I really love the fact that there is the booth at Con where I can actually physically take items, put them down, and have a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody about them, maybe learning a little more about them myself at the time, and also trying to uh, put the information that I know of them out there so that whenever things are presented and they are somewhat new and unseen by the community, tagged along with that, you do get solid information so that there isn't a big pool of misinformation out there. So that's what I love about Joe Declassified. Um, I actually have a question for you, and it's not Joe-related. Okay. Uh, what is it about uh, – I mean, because you're so well-known, uh, at least to me and some of the other people here, if not in parts of the community, for your, uh, your love and appreciation for J.J., what is it about uh, Starcom that, you, that has you so obsessed well, part of it, I have to admit, is not really so highbrow. It's uh, just my love of magnets. I think magnets always make great toys. But I think the reason why those particular magnetic toys have stuck with me is that they're so intercompatible. I don't know if that's a word. Um, but this, in the same way that you could take a Joe and put accessories on him and do various things with them, and they're interchangeable, and there's just a lot of play value, not just by having one, but by having two, then by having a third. And where you have a vehicle, well, you know, you could put these fig different figures in it. And they just become more enjoyable as you get more of them. It's kind of opposite of diminishing marginal utility, which kind of works against me because I ran out of space. Um, Starcom is really great. Some of the things, once you actually get that toy line in hand and you see how uh, the pods you know, vehicles were made to transform into like the same size pod shape so that there'd be a lot of play factor in there that, that isn't really as obvious until you get many of them and put them together. It's a great toy line. Oh, okay. I just, you always just bring up Starcom amongst G.I. Joe, so I, I didn't know if there was a connection or uh, it was just something as you described. Um, all right, on to uh, Mr. Mike. How are you doing tonight, Gary? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Mike Irizarry. Um, I am generally uh, beachhead on, on the various boards that I frequent. Um, I've been a part of, uh, of uh, uh, Joe sighting no battle lines. Um, I've been on Yojo uh, for a while. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm beachhead in most of those places. I actually was not beachhead on Yojo.com. Uh, but I like to keep that that one as a secret for myself. Um, I have been a uh, um, like Patrick. Uh, uh, you go back to 1982, and that's where I got started with GI Joe. Uh, <clears throat> my older brother, uh, who is who is two years older than me, um, came home one day from Woolworths um, with a copy of issue number five from the Marvel run. Um, and uh, and a snake eyes and a flash and a cobra soldier, and uh, we were off to the races. Uh, <laughs> I I went back to Woolworths the next week. I bought Stalker and a Cobra Officer, and and um, really, if you, if you saw the both of us, uh, we would we would just be going. Uh, I stuck with the line until um, uh, through 1987, um, and then I like like so many of us did uh, got into other things like uh, middle school and girls. Um, got. Um, Got back into uh, into GI Joes uh, with the advent of eBay uh, somewhere around 1996. I had never owned a Slugger, 
and I found a slugger on eBay for for like nine dollars, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to get on that, and uh, and that was uh, what what opened the floodgates again. Um, like Pat, I can go back. I can remember getting uh, lists in the mail from guys uh, trying to sell figures uh, through uh, through through the uh, through lists that they would send out in envelopes. Um, I have been uh, a part of, of the internet community now for for uh, seven, eight, nine years. Uh, it really has just flown by. I've been uh, I've been part of the Coil, uh, which is the the uh, the Midwestern uh, Collectors Club, which. Uh, which uh, Gary and Jay have, have been a part of as well. Um, I've had I've had a finger in about, about everything in, in, in terms of this community at some point or another. Um, if for if for nothing else, uh, just to just to be a, an extra set of eyes on proofreading, or uh, or an extra opinion or or, or something along those lines. Uh, that's kind of my uh, my contribution is that I, I uh, help Chris Chung out. I am the associate editor on the newsletter. I do a lot of the proofreading with Chris. I, I help out as far as uh, just getting uh, the, the the newsletter in order. I am also the moderator on the declassified website, and uh, and so I, I you know when uh, hopefully traffic will start picking up back there again. So I've got a little bit more to do other than uh, check everybody's spelling. So let that uh, that that'll be uh, the one thing that I, I plug today. Get on the website and post. Let us know what you think. Thank you, Mike. And uh, before we get to why we're here tonight, which is Toy Fair. Uh, we're going to get to why we're here at all on this podcast, and that is uh, we were joined by a very special, I guess he's not even a guest, he's the man, uh, uh, the owner of Jody Classified, uh, Sam Damon is here. Sam? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a hard introduction to follow, thanks. Uh, so yeah, for those who don't know me, uh, my name's Sam Damon. Uh, if you know me at all, online community, I've gone by Nomad. On, uh, on every Joe board out there. A little bit about uh, my Joe history. I first got in in uh, 1982, like almost everybody here. Uh, my first figure was Breaker, which is perhaps ironic for his lack of weapons. That was my mom's intent. She didn't want me to have those evil war toys that had the guns. Uh, obviously, that plot has since backfired. Uh, I collected all the way up through uh, 1991. I stuck with it pretty late. Uh, before I got out, and then uh, took a break from the hobby for a couple years, and then came back in in 97 when I first joined the Navy, and they had just re-released all the uh, Toys R Us exclusives, Um, and I've been at it ever since. Uh, As far as Joe involvement in the community goes, obviously I own Joe Declassified, and I'm the founder. Uh, I've also worked as a staff member at Joe Sightings and Joe Battlelines. I had the pleasure and honor of co-writing a the backup story to G.I. Joe uh, Special Missions Antarctica. I worked as a consultant for Hasbro uh, on military issues for a number of years. And uh, keep going forward with the hobby in general. Uh, as far as uh, G.I. Joe Declassified goes, you know, I, I think my involvement obviously speaks for itself. There's there's no reason to say that. My idea behind Declassified to start really was an opportunity. I, I have a lot of friends. I count everybody here on the podcast amongst them that are, you know, well-versed in the lore and history of G.I. Joe. And there were way too many of our conversations that I felt we were essentially keeping to ourselves. And uh, one of the things that has always struck me about the Joe community and this is by no means meant to, you know, knock anyone else in their involvement, is that G.I. Joe has never 
at least in the modern incarnation of the fan community, had a, a true fan club, so to speak. Um, and, and by that I mean it's simply fans doing things for other fans just as a, as a pro bono measure. And that's what where the idea of Joe Declassified came from in the sense that I felt we as collectors really need to, to step up to the plate. You know, every, everybody likes to complain uh, when Hasbro does or doesn't do something. People will also like to complain with whatever comic company it is that holds a license at a given time. And uh, as collectors, those complaints don't have merit to me unless you're also willing to be part of the solution. And to me, G.I. Joe Classified is intended to be a solution of sorts in that we can enhance the future of our hobby ourselves rather than being dependent on others to do it for us. So, there you have it. Thank you, Sam, for... Wow, I couldn't have said it better myself, and there's a reason for that. Um, uh, Those were some of the people that uh, weren't able to join us last week, and uh, I don't even think we were really expecting Sam, so that was... That's an amazing treat, and it's especially good to have him on for an episode like this. Uh... Also joining us tonight uh, is uh, Gary Godso of What's on Joe Mind and various other Joe-related uh, forums and projects. Uh, James, hey, guys. James M. Cavanaugh, Jr., author of the REHC Guide. I have nothing to do with uh, Coil Club whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Hunger. You'll, 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 you'll get mentioned when I get in the next book. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Somebody, somebody's a little salty on that. That's nuts. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Jay Hunger of Carded Heroes and Coil Con. And hey, Gary, thanks for having me. Josh Carlson, a.k.a. Roshan, who no one ever remembers and who shows up blurry in every photo. Yep. Like a Yeti. Your own personal Xandar. Who? Like Sasquatch. And, uh,. And everyone else we've been over, uh, Pat, Mike, and uh, Sam. So uh, let's dive right in here. We'll start with Wave 1, uh, Figure 1, as uh, as listed and pictured on GeneralsJoes.com's Retaliation Toy Super page, uh, which, of course, kicks off with Wave 1 Duke with his oversized missile launcher and his very strange, obviously not movie-accurate green outfit, or at least as I assume he's not going to be wearing this in the film. Considering I still hope he dies in this movie. Well, I was going to say, maybe he's buried in this outfit. It's a dream come true. Channing Sculpt is back, uh, which uh, is one of the reasons I didn't really buy a lot of Rise of Cobra stuff, was the actor sculpts just kind of stripped the fantasy for me. Um, I guess it depends what sort of fantasies you're having. Um, I actually really like his uh, missile launcher, though. I think if you're going to go big, go that big. Um, go back last big. Yeah, well, I mean, people always complain about the uh, the the big spring-loaded launchers and whatnot, but uh, I kind of like these. These are, I think, appropriately eccentric. They're kind of, um, they're at least different than uh, some of the strange missile-firing bazookas we've gotten before. They're kind of bland and similar. Um, you know, I I think kids will dig something like this. Um, but other than that, I can't really speak to this Duke because it doesn't really do much for me being Channing and. Uh, Channing. I was just going to say, it'd be nice if he was uh, sitting on it. That'd be a nice callback to the 1990s figure. That would be. And, and to be honest, you know, the giant 
missile launcher doesn't bother me in and of itself. It's only when I look at that missile launcher, as I'm sure we're going to address in depth, the lack of articulation on other figures. And I have to wonder uh, when it comes to budget what that missile launcher costs us elsewhere. Yeah, that's a good – I mean one of the uh, – and as you said, we'll probably touch on this more later – one of the things that people are wondering is, okay, now that you've cut the articulation, what's with all this other stuff that was either cut or what was all the stuff that was also added? Um, where's the money actually being saved? Um, so that's a good point. You know, it's funny. When they first showed him, people were like, man, he's got a huge brownish gun. What's that gun for? And it's just like Hasbro went, you think that's big? Check this missile launcher out. This thing is huge. And, you know, I may be the only one that sees this. But the Green Duke kind of reminds me of the Venom versus Valor Green Duke. Because um, when I first saw the picture, I thought his armor was a little bit more uh, darker green. Yes, Jada, it would only be you because it's Valor versus Venom. <laughs> well. Is that what I said last week? Are you talking about the one that came with, yeah. the one that yeah. came with Venomous Maximus? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, no, I see the resemblance. I don't, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's Duke. If we're going to get another Duke, you know. Whatever. As long as he as long as he dies, I'm fine with giving us as many dukes as possible, just to make sure he dies. Amen. Well, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's true. I, I I mean, Duke is obviously one of the top three low points that everyone brings up uh, when they talk about Rise of Cobra, and um. You know, uh, I think the other thing is this Duke's outfit is the closest thing to a uh, to an accelerator salute slash impact armor in this sequel line, and I I actually find it quite ironic that the one of the most hated actors slash characters from the last film uh, is also wearing one of the other complaints that people had about that film, uh, except he's not in all black; he's in wonderful green. And, that, and that's what I wanted to comment on real quick. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, the site Error503ServiceUnavailable.com. <laughs> GeneralJoes.com did a very good job, but never really loaded for me. Um, with that said, uh, yeah, obviously the reason why he looks the way he does is, is it's supposed to be a tie-in back to the other movie line. I'm okay with the fact that this is probably one of the few Duke figures we're going to get. And this is probably one of the few tie-ins to the previous movie line we're going to see. If that's the case and it's not a trend, I'm okay with it. The other thing that this Duke figure makes me think of, because the, the missile launcher is such an obvious part of the figure, it makes me wonder if the missile launchers will be more like the, the good missile launchers from Rise of Cobra, because I actually thought that some of those launchers weren't awful toys. One of the ones that was good, in my opinion, was the one that came with Eel. It felt like it was an actual accessory to the figure once you got rid of the missile. I think that the Cobra Commander his tank that ended up being available through the G.I. Joe Club was an excellent example of a missile launcher done well because you had the option of popping out the missile and putting the gun in place. Looking at this Duke missile launcher, I'm not quite sure how it attaches to his gun. If it's made in such a way that possibly you could attach it to a vehicle, then I think it could actually end up being a good thing because that would create some sort of play value to this missile launcher beyond it just looking you know, bizarre next to Duke or feeling that you had to have it as a collector to complete it. I really think that Rise of Cobra, they were kind of thinking, well, you know, how can we 
make these missile launchers appeal to kids and yet also have kind of more purpose than just being a giant thing that's packed in there with a figure to get kids to buy it. And, and hopefully there's there, there may still be some things that are options that we haven't seen. I'm not sure if that's the case, but that's what I'm hoping. Well, I, that you mentioned it, the, uh, the colors there on Duke's missile launcher are exactly identical to the colors on that Ghost Hawk 2 vehicle. Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure that your theory is at all off base. I hadn't considered it, but looking at it well, in retrospect, I, it does have some legitimacy. And let, let's face it, if, if there's been one thing that's been a tough sell in recent years, it's been vehicles. So I, I, these guys aren't dumb. They're going to do what they can to, to push that out there. I think that's that's a that's a real solid guess, Pat. I'd concur. As far as figures to vehicles go, there really hasn't been any real conscious effort to really integrate the figures into vehicles since Joe versus Cobra on the sound attack feature. So hopefully, this is a, a step in that direction. And uh, and that brings us to the uh, next figure in the wave, uh, the GI Joe Trooper, which some have suggested. Uh, somewhat mirrors spy troops i don't know what do you guys think about the uh the gi joe trooper uh i guess specifically this these this gas mask and uh cape he's got going on i want to start it off in saying are these joe troopers good guys or bad guys you know what i mean if if we go well if we go with the storyline though these handful of joes are the only survivors and they're basically being chased so, I mean, are these the aids for them pre what happens in the movie? Or is this just, a, you know, a filler figure? You know, a nice looking filler figure, but the, uh, the blues of the mask and the cape, you know, kind of makes you wonder. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean more, to, personally lean more towards the spy troops, um, you know, opinion. That's because you know GI Joe and the branding is pretty cut and dry. I mean, you look at that blue; it's fairly consistent throughout all the figures. I mean, Cobra Commander's that blue, the Troopers that blue, and all of a sudden this this figure's coming out with a cloak and a gas mask. The gas mask looks slightly sinister. And then I was even looking at the facial structure of the of the uh, Trooper right now. He doesn't really have like a menacing look to him. He he seems pretty neutral. And that would lead me to, you know, lead me to believe that he is a GI Joe trooper, possibly going into some sort of disguise. I don't know. I mean, with, again, with a mohawk. Well, I mean, there's a lot of mohawks out there, or faux hawks, I should say, in this instance. I think, I think, you know, we're thinking, you know, we as older collectors are thinking too far ahead of ourselves when we, you know, leaning towards a dreadnought, you know, mohawk, you know. I, I don't know. I think the only good mohawk out there is Mr. T right now. Still, um. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree, and mostly because I'm but, jealous uh, of people that have hair in that area. But well, there you go. There you go. Obviously, when they were looking at this figure in design, it looks. Uh, if you if you can't see the Halo uh, influence, uh, you're just not looking hard enough, or you're just horribly unaware of Halo. This is the Pit Commando version of this particular line. Look at all the accessories it comes with. Uh, unfortunately, it, uh, I can't tell. It doesn't look like it has the. Um, yeah, it does have uh, ankle articulation, according to it looks like some of these shots we see uh, in um, from Toy Fair, and they, they seem to also have the double jointed knee. So. Uh, we couldn't originally see that from some of the original uh, shots that we got from uh, a couple weeks ago. So if that's indeed the case, that is a actual upgrade, in my opinion, of this figure. And I'm personally, if that's the case, again, I'm looking forward to it. If not, um, 
I guess we'll just have to learn to live with a figure with no uh, ankle articulation. You know what's funny, though? They inverted the articulation on the ankle because usually the ankle is the ball joint on the foot, whereas this is kind of a, a, a hinge coming off the leg to the foot. Yes, you're correct. I'm actually going to have to go out there and go with a theory in, in the opposite of James for this one. Uh, based on what we know of the story so far, I think it's entirely possible that we see characters that uh, switch sides during this movie. I mean, if you if you follow the, uh, the theory of the story to the end, I can't imagine Hasbro leaving a Joe movie without our, our heroes becoming recognized by the time it's all wrapped up. And uh, maybe some military guys that, are, that spend time... Uh, working for Cobra, hunting them down, switch sides before the movies end to uh, ally with the Joes. I think that's a solid theory. I definitely would have to agree that there's some kind of plot point in the movie that would tie this with Cobra and G.I. Joe. The plot thickens. Usually, however, my theories are wrong, so if I get that one, that's uh, that's a bonus point somewhere. Uh, well, a good gambler never talks about the times he loses, so... <laughs> I'm sure about halfway through the show, we'll just start going, Sam, you dumbass. That'll be that. You're fired too. Disguised as the enemy. Commander, there are spies with a cobra. Enough! Switch to spy Spy troops. Alright, well that, that brings us to um one of the aberrations of this assortment, the roadblock with the what I've been referring to as the uh the the burnt Pop Tart hand that's just sort of that attachment that's fused obviously to his paw um, to whatever extent to hold his weapons, which apparently also attach to his shoulder. He obviously has a lot of trouble holding a gun. This is one of the figures that I honestly will purchase to support the brand and to say, I actually have one if I ever need the pictures for something or the figure for something. But that's as far as I'm going to be able to go with this. I mean, I think it's a, a great sculpt. I think it looks like the rock for the most part and, um, I think he's he's great from the neck down as far as just looking like a uh, a camoed army type guy and uh, you know but the um, it's that hand thing I I can't get over it. Well, did we get an official word on the functionality on that particular? Yeah, you plug a weapon into. Yeah, it. you plug the weapon well, in. Well, well, I get that, but I, uh, the, I mean, in, in the sense that does it help balance that? launcher because if you look at the, fo- the photos of uh, Toy Fair, how the thing's laying on its side. Well, there's one and image... The fi- and the figure's leaning. The, the press release image has it up on his shoulder, in his hands, and then without the weapon at all, just the Pop-Tart. So uh, it, it looks like it supports the weapon, but... And part of me was like, okay, well, maybe they're going to do like an accessories pack or a weapons pack, or maybe every gun in the line can sort of fit into his little attachment, like modular or something i just i don't understand why they i don't i just, i guess i just don't understand its purpose uh at all because no other well, if it, go ahead if, if it keeps if it keeps the dang gun in the guy's hand as far as playability standpoint i mean if i was a kid nowadays i'd be pissed off with all these massive you know, massive missile launchers where, where it doesn't even fit in their hands or falls off or makes them but, peel over make that work and so having these guns and having them be able to hold them, I think, regardless whether they can stand up while he's holding it or not. All right, well, then, then I guess the question is, why only him? That's because it's the biggest thing. freaking gun. It's no bigger than any other Rise of Cobra but, gun. As, 
as far as the movie goes, he's the guy who holds the biggest gun. He's rope. I guess. I, I guess I just don't get – I don't know. I, I just – I don't get it because if it was more than one figure that did it, I'd be like – Okay, they're trying something new. This is—he's a complete aberration, as far as I'm concerned. You have—you have a unique feature that's uncommon, you know, pretty pretty uncommon for GI Joe as a whole. They're—they're they're doing it to not only just one figure that we know about in this new line, but the, arguably the main character. I mean, at least the most promoted, the Rock, i.e., i.e., Roadblock. I have to wonder, as far as collectors go, how much this is this particular action feature is really going to matter. Looking at the pictures, it looks like the hand pops out relatively easily, and I have to wonder how much of the rest of the figure is really going to be changed. I mean, I've had times just where posing the figures, they, the hands pop out anyway, and I know it's not really a good rationale to say, you know, just get another figure and pop a different hand on there. But I, I do think that that's something of an option, that it's not like it requires... Uh, a great skill set of, of customizing. I mean, I, I think that the sculpt to the rest of the figure looks good. Yeah. It's definitely one that I will be interested in getting regardless of the feature. I don't necessarily like it. I would rather it didn't have that as an option. I do wonder if it would have been an option for Hasbro to just put another hand in the package. If this is going to be a feature that, you know, kids are going to enjoy, you know, pack it with it on there, maybe pack another hand just as they do a different head. Um, I don't know if that's something that they would consider doing, but I, I really don't think that that's going to make, I don't think that in this case, the action feature makes the figure not really worth it for collectors, as was the case with some of the action attack stuff from the Valor vs. Venom days. I was going to say, speaking of action attack, this is this is exactly action attack Kamakura again, as far as I'm going. I have to agree with Gary's initial sentiment. I I can't buy into the figure, and I I want to know uh, what booth it is that he wandered out of that he found himself into the Joe one at Toy Fair. This thing just isn't a GI Joe to me. Uh, thank you. I'm so glad I am not alone because I've been saying that about some of these, uh, and people have been like, "No, it's GI Joe. You just have to look at it as GI Joe." I'm like, "No, I really I I don't see it at all." I this is definitely one of those figures that the Hasbro PR photos did it way more justice than what we saw at Toy Fair. Because the initial photos, even though, yeah, we knew there was going to be perma-attached weapons, we saw that. We, we, we were kind of coy about it. We're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just kind of overlook it and talk about what looks good on the figure. It, now that I see the pictures from uh, T&I and, and Justin Seitz and, some, and other places, once you apply a flash to it, it looks like an entirely different figure. Uh, so... Don't believe what you see in those initial pictures, folks. You can see in one of Justin's pictures, the gun's actually weighing the hand down. It's actually pulling it off the joint a bit. I'm not so I, sure I, that, that it's weighing it down or they adjusted it for him to take a picture of. Yeah, I think it's I think it's down to show off what it is. Yeah, but unfortunately, it just doesn't capture It doesn't help promote the figure from that no, limited no, moment I, in time. I don't know. I'll still even defend most of this figure. I, I, I don't care for that hand thing any any more than anybody else. But I really think the rest of it's a pretty solid likeness. Uh, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably grab one just so I can say, "Hey, look at the guy with the funky hand." One thing about being a member of the GI Joe Task Force, you learn to be ready for anything, no matter how bizarre it is. But uh, but how to let's let's let's. Move on to the next one. What does uh, what does Snake Eyes look like to you guys? Well, I think this is a great. You know, if, if we're gonna you know follow suit with the core characters, 
the theme that keeps coming up in these sort of discussions uh you know the snake eyes and then eventually when we get into the other the storm shadow and such are great representations of core characters that i think will bring new people into the brand is all you can really say about characters like you know figures like this yeah if i have anything to say about the snake eyes it's it's nothing negative other than that he seems to be forgettable i don't know that two years down the line anybody will be able to reference to me the you know, the wave one snake eyes from G.I. Joe Retaliation, and I'll remember exactly which one they're talking about. I actually like the chest harness uh, without all the blue bits, the wings, and the little lobster thing back there. But the rest of it I could leave. Speaking to, uh, to things actually being memorable brings us to uh, what most are considering one of, if not the highlight of these reveals, which is the Cobra Commander. Uh, which some are calling a return to form, some are saying it's very IDW. Um, people have even stopped complaining about his obvious lack of ankle articulation because from you know the knees up, it's to them it's the new ideal Cobra Commander. Yeah, well, exactly on that. Uh, it's, it's, he's wearing stiff boots. I don't care if he has an ankle articulation. He's either sitting in a his tank somewhere, or excuse me, standing in a his tank somewhere, or standing leading the troops. He's not going to be crouched down. Uh, this particular Cobra Commander and his character in the movie, he's not the coward, the sniveling coward you see in the cartoon, so he has no reason to cower down, really. Um, it does have a, looks like the single-jointed knee. I'm okay with that. I like the Cobra symbol articulated of the knee pad. I like that out of touch. I really like the helmet. Uh, I, I like the additional fine pieces of uh, tooling they've done here. The uh, the ribbon looks like or some sort of ribbon or rope type thing that's going across his uh, right shoulder. Uh, there's really not too much negative to say about this, but if you're going to nitpick, he doesn't have the ankle articulation that we're used to, and he doesn't have the double-jointed knees. I think, I think the issue that you're going to come up to with these, these figures with no ankle articulation, which is, you know, Gary said, you know, it doesn't really bother me from a visual aesthetic point, but if you look at all the stands that we've gotten in recent years, and if these figures do end up being included with stands or you want to use your old ones, that two-point distant stance for the pegs on those I think is going to be difficult to negotiate with a figure that has zero flexibility or, or give room in those ankles. I don't know how well they're going to be able to accept both of those pegs. One thing that I really took note of with the press pictures of this Cobra Commander, um, you know, we could say a lot about the knees and the ankles, but it looks like the articulation that is there has a good range of motion because there's the one image with him holding the rifle and he's got a hold, you know, he's, he has a hold of it with both hands and it doesn't look like his arms are having any sort of bending issues. I know with the 25th line, there was a lot of complaints and the rise of Cobra line didn't really have this problem as much as 25th, but there were a lot of complaints about the elbows not being able to even achieve a full 90 degrees this one looks like he's going beyond 90 degrees, that, that he has a decent range of motion in those arms. So, I mean, when we're talking articulation, I don't think it's just important. I, I mean, it is important, but I don't think that the only important aspect is, is where articulation is located, but also how well that articulation actually works. If we had ankle articulation, and yet you still have a little bit of trouble getting it to work, as I recall... The version 1 Viper did have a few issues uh, getting him to stand and to get that articulation working in the ankle. I mean, I, I got mine working, but it, there were some issues with it. I think it's it's not just important to ha have the articulation, but to also have it working. Cobra Commander, at the very least, in his arms and his upper body, he does look like 
the articulation that's there is working very well. In the in the press photos, it looks to me that he has the to, to kind of use a term that James uses the swivel chest, which is the mid torso joint. But it's clear from the Toy Fair photos, unless he's wearing a a vest or something over that that mid torso joint, it seems like a single piece torso to me. That's the difference that I've noticed between the the, the press photos and, and what we've seen at uh, Toy Fair. My general feeling on articulation at this point, because obviously it's been a, a hotly debated topic in the online community for the last couple of days since these Toy Fair reveals, is, is the bottom line, and man, we'll get to this when we hit the vehicle drivers, no articulation should be worse than a figure from 1985. So chest joint or not on the cover commander, I'm, I'm not really going to object if they have some system for him to tw- twist or turn at the waist. Real quick, if you look at image 22 of 41 on Justin General or GeneralJoes.com, you can see the uh, swivel torso. It's tucked right underneath the pocket. You can see the line. That's on the uh, press image, though, right? It's not on the no, Toy it's, Fair. It's on the Toy Fair image. Oh, it is. It's the image of a. Uh, it's it's kind of got the. Uh, um, yeah, but his webbing or, 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 or welding like photo where the camera's angled. Oh, out. yeah, you know what it does? It looks like the yeah, you know, yeah. it looks like it goes right below the rope. It does look like there is still chest articulation. They've just gotten really good at hiding it. Yeah, they sure yeah. have. Because his webbing, his belt, his that cross chest belt looks like it's fitting pretty tightly. Yeah, I would agree. I, I thought I thought there, that it was missing, but it, it does appear to be there. He may have had a donut or two on his way to Toy Fair. That brings us to uh, one of what I think is one of the coolest uh, G.I. Joe offerings in this entire uh, this retaliation line, which is the um, the Cobra Trooper. Like, starting from his head, almost looks like a 91 Snake Eyes. And then I love the colors. I really hope these are the colors. And uh, to top it off, that parachute is just amazing. Well, once again, the, the, the press photos are different than what we saw at Toy Fair. The press photos show it looking more like a traditional 91 Snake Eyes face where it has the orange goggles and the gray portion of the mask. Yeah. Clearly at Toy Fair, it's black. I don't know which way they're going to go. I'd imagine probably Toy Fair is probably what we're going to end up seeing. If that's the case, I don't think it looks as good it as doesn't. the initial press photos. That, that's why I was saying uh, I hope this the, we get yeah. that one. Uh, but the, the, the play feature of the parachute is cool. And if that if they somehow lose that uh, that parachute, I think the club needs to pick that up, and use that for their parachute drops from now on, because that's just an amazing amazing shoot. I mean, you'd think with the amount that obviously went into that parachute, they'd have to use it, right? At some point, maybe unless it's a one off. Unless someone, I, I would think maybe so. Has anyone compared this so far to the deluxe Captain America parachute harness? looks like the harness is very similar to me with the straps that go straight up in the air. I really think that as far as parachute figures go, my big fear has been um, safety issues getting the thing canceled. I think that you know parachute toys are relatively safe to play with, but it was also my understanding that that's the reason why the six Walmart figures didn't come out in the uh, Spy Troops era, as well as the uh, Halo Jumper slash Sergeant Airborne or whatever they ended up naming him and renaming him. He didn't come with his parachute that he was originally supposed to include. Um, you know, so that was my fear with this, was it was going to be more of a safety issue getting the thing uh, canceled. But then it occurred to me that since they've probably done all the safety tests with Captain America, 
this thing's pretty much a shoe in. I, I'm not really worried about it being canceled. And I haven't gotten the chance to really compare it to the Captain America figure, but the general design is the same. I'm not sure if the sculpt is the same, but generally how it has those harness straps with the two straps that are sculpted going straight up in the air, that's generally the same way that that, that uh, Captain America figure looks. I, I pretty well just, uh, I'm going to reiterate pretty well the, the points that you touched on, Gary. I, I think this is a this is a great figure. This is this one's really just neat. This is the one where, uh, except for Zartan, uh, this is the one that really made my eyes bug out when we first saw the initial images. And it's one of the one again along with Zartan, about the only one that I'm still as enthused about as as when it was the first time I saw it. On to the uh, is it just called Red Ninja? Yes, the See. the Red Ninja with. Uh, with another, as as I believe Jay put it, another lobster weapon with an absolutely obscene amount of rope. Um, to me, it's just a ninja. I'm not a I'm not a fan of 30th Renegade Storm Shadow, so I'm not as excited as everyone else is to see this kind of thing again. Um, I thought 30th Storm Shadow looked better um, as a prototype. Um, I think the gloss that they throw on the the finished product, for whatever reason it exists, if it's the plastic or Whatever it is that separates Hasbro's prototypes from that, it just ruined it once it went gloss for me. But yeah, I can't really comment much on this figure other than that it's a red ninja. I can't wait for the powder blue Ninja Viper repaint. <laughs> I'm down for more than a couple of those. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's a good-looking figure. I, I mean, it, it doesn't really do anything awesome for me. But again, nothing's taken away. I think I've just gotten my share over the last couple of years between the 25th version and you know, there was the, the TRU release six-pack that was the repainted original Storm Shadow mold. Uh, I understand their inclusion here, given that the Red Ninjas are obviously playing a part in the movie, so I can't at all fault them for that. But other, other than my, my compulsory uh, OCD army building habits, I really can't get myself to get excited about it. I was going to just say, this was the figure that I think everyone and the brother knew that was, we were going to get in the repaint of the uh, Renegade. So, I mean... it. We're just not surprised. It's just kind of, okay, well, it is what it is. Well, on to what uh, I, at least from the press photos, I considered uh, one of my top three favorite figures so far, as we've seen from Retaliation, which is the, um, the Storm Shadow. But then I look at the Toy Fair photos, and it's, again, it's the, the finished gloss look that really just... Yeah, I agree. The... The fact that uh, the, the well the initial press photos sure did sure did their job because it got a lot of people excited. Then we saw Toy Fair and we're like, nah, not all these really look that great. It, it did take a step down, but not a drastic step down like some of these other ones have. Um, I think it looks really cool. I, I like the updated ninja type look. Uh, again, I can't tell if this if the knee is double jointed or not, but it looks like the rest of the articulation that most of us uh, are used to is still there. So, uh, props, and I'll I'll definitely be getting this one. He, he continues to grow on me, despite the fact that I'm I'm at that point with Storm Shadow where I'm about done. So I think that that's high enough praise in my book. But uh, it's actually a Storm Shadow that I'll that I'll probably wind up getting. I mean, I I can't I can't give it a better mark than that. I like the sleekness of it, the popped-up collar of it. I mean, he just, he looks slick. Yeah, the uh, pictures make him look a little glossy. I, I, you know, I like the pants. I like that the knees kind of rest under the baggy pants to kind of, you know, hide the joint. Um, and he just looks slick. I mean, yeah, it's another Storm Shadow, but it's at least a decent Storm Shadow. Speaking of decent, uh, 
the final figure in Wave 1 uh, is arguably one of the, um, I think one of the most un unexpected surprises, considering he doesn't look like anything I think we've seen or expected from the film. And he's kind of uh, reminiscent of Renegades. He's also reminiscent of Venomous Scum from Captain Planet. But uh, the Zartan, which, again, the the Toy Fair images aren't exactly paralleling with the uh, the press release. So now the, the Toy Fair Zartan is in the sort of gray-black ho-hum of Rise of Cobra. And the Toy Fair images were a lot more colorful and almost representative of what I was hoping to get out of the Zartan. Um, the Toy Fair images kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I still love the figure. I'm just not sure about the colors. And is it just me, or is the cowl and web gear one piece? Certainly I can't tell like you there, man. I think it's yeah, one I'm piece because sure in, in the unmasked versions, when he's not wearing the... Uh, the piece they don't show the they don't show the the chest piece on him it's like him completely stripped down no chest piece no right i can't it's tough it's tough to tell from these pictures from this hack site i'm looking at i might have to go to another site i think that what's odd about the hat as far as the differences between the press photos and toy fair is that the hood at at toy fair has a hole in the top of it that allows for light piping into the figure's eyes so I think that the web gear probably is a separate piece. I can't quite tell from the pictures, but I can't really see a connection between the two of them either. I'm going to guess that it's separate just for ease of switching it out, switching out the heads. But I, I do think that it's quite a change between the press photos and Toy Fair to have the light piping in there. It looks like the press photos had a clear Snake Eyes head. Yes. And maybe they just, you know, went the extra mile that to uh, make the eyes glow on all the other figures. I'm kind of curious to see how that turns out because it, it may end up not being the best action feature ever. Maybe it, it will look cool. I don't know. But it's definitely something worth trying. I think Zartan's been one of those characters that's been visited so many times that to actually try something different with him is a good thing. I was just going to say, overall, I agree. And I was, Anybody that doesn't know, Zartan's my favorite character, so I'm a little particular with him. And I, But I think this interpretation overall is... Pretty swell. Um, I'm willing to bet that we're not gonna. He's not going to look like this in the movie. I think this is more limited to a figure. This particular Zartan looks kind of trollish and a Green Goblinish. You know what I mean? It's definitely a line more of a kid. You know what I mean? Leaning more towards a kid enticing element than what collectors would traditionally understand Zartan to be. But yeah. I still don't think it's bad. I don't know. But the piping is definitely be fun uh there was i did see some photos where i could have sworn all the extra heads had piping holes at the top of them as well okay and uh yeah but as it stands any photo i have seen i can't tell if the cloak or the cowl and the and the uh, straps are separate or not to be continued to be continued now we are on to uh wave two uh beginning with flint who i have absolutely nothing to say about because i don't understand what's going on the figure just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Is that a reuse of uh, Duke's torso? I believe so. Okay, so they're just reusing tooling. Yeah. Okay. So. I, I think it's likely that we'll see more than one Flint in the movie. And this this may be your, your early Flint look. Um, I, I think the berets thrown on there only as a throwback to fans, though. I mean, it looks a little awkward the way it's done. 
Well, one of the things that separates Duke from Flint is that Flint's a little more gritty. Flint's a little more hand solo, I guess, is a common term to use, as opposed to Duke's Luke Skywalker. And yet this head sculpt looks a little, like, a little too dashing, even though he is dash old. <laughs> I mean, it looks kind of Ken dollish to me. Actually, it kind of reminds to me that old uh, Gary Anderson marionette Thunderbird show <laughs> with yeah, a really, yeah. really big head with kind of a skinny body type thing. Anyone seen uh, Team America? That's that's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. No, absolutely. Team America, Flint. Yeah, I can see, I can see where you're going with that. Um, I, I think that Just one of the, the things, pod, I think that <laughs> one of the things that's important about looking at, at early images is remembering that figures that are either sculpted in a certain color or painted that color end up looking very different from one another. I know that there's been times in the 25th line where the same head has been used multiple times and one time it's, you know, been molded in like black and then painted over or molded in green or even I, I saw some some heads like uh, the seven pack wetsuit his heads molded in clear and then painted has all the details painted on sometimes when you get the, the heads that are actually molded in the flesh tone and then painted they end up looking in my opinion a lot better because there's less detail lost and the problem with looking at press photos and any of these early images, especially starting with Wave 2 on, because I think some of the Wave 1 figures were actual figures that were molded in the correct colors, but basically anything from Wave 2 on, whenever I'm looking at it, I'm almost looking, in my opinion, as not, you know, this is what the figure is going to look like exactly, but more this is what it's going to be close to being. And I really think that Flint is a prime example of one that will probably benefit whenever we see it in the final form. I, I don't think that the paint on it necessarily looks like it was um, drawing out the details as well as it could. And, and the head does look a little bit too large on the body. Hopefully some of it will look better in person. There's a gray vest in one of the pictures that's at his foot at his feet it looks like it might be on a different little plastic slide thing do we know if that vest is for uh flint or not if you look at uh, the second oh, yeah, picture yeah. on it if that's the case then i i think i'll like that figure a lot better i don't think that's is. his because it's on a completely different stand but there's not i don't see a picture i don't see a picture at least on uh this error, that, this error page. That vest is pictured right between um, Storm Shadow and Flint, so it belongs oh, to yeah. one of the two of them. I think it's almost a safe bet that that doesn't go to the bulkier-looking Storm Shadow. I would agree. I think that vest probably does belong to Flint. Why would you put the vest over the the, the reactive armor tooling that they got there? Uh, it seems like a bit. Well, I mean, maybe they could see part of it. It just kind of almost seems like a waste. It's reactive armor tooling. Wouldn't you want to cover it up? <laughs> okay, on to uh, Roadblock number two, the uh, Battle Cotta Roadblock um, with the giant holster things that he uses for holding french fries. This is a great looking figure, man. I mean, look, it comes with a ton of accessories. And it looks like there's a place to put everything, all of accessories. I mean, he's got, what, one, two, three sheaths for knives, two holsters. Um, my understanding, he comes with a host of guns, uh, tooling. Uh, look at look at the veins of the arms. I love the uh, veins. Like that, that's cool. We got, uh, we got ankle articulation. We have double knee jointed knees. This looks like 
this has everything that all the collectors are looking for um, in, in a figure. And he might even have one of the pivoting uh, wrists. I can't even tell on that top, uh, on his uh, right wrist. It, it's kind of covered up. But even if it doesn't have that, this is a great figure. And, and for a likeness to rock, it, it makes up ten times for what the Wave 1 figure is going to be. Yeah, I don't think you'll see this one peg warming at all. Yeah, this is going to be the roadblock for me, I think. Just looks right. more interesting. And when you look at image five on uh, General Joe's super page, you can see a sticker of the Raja Kagi symbol. Is that a, is that a sign of things to come? Or yeah, I mean, Snake guy supposedly trains him. Okay. Yeah, but, but almost every Joe in the line has the, the symbol on it. My understanding is is that Snake Eyes is some sort of trainer. Yeah. I'm not seeing the Arashikage logos on Roadblock 2, though. Are those on Generals Joe's on the pictures? Yeah. I see them on the first one. That would be number five. Yeah, number uh, one. Two. You'll see it on his five. right arm. Yeah, right arm. It's the uh, hand that's holding the submachine gun. If you look right above his uh, black uh, glove there, you'll see kind of a, an off pinkish color, and that is your Arashikage symbol. Oh, it is Back there. So I, the thought they were, I thought that those were missing from the uh, actual Toy Fair. All right. Well, on to Ninja Duel Snake Eyes. I don't know. I kind of dig him. I dig him. I just I really like this Snake Eyes. I think it's a nice departure from some of the figures in recent months where I, I've really appreciated getting all the extra gear and all the stuff that they have with them so that I have various options. But if you end up putting all the all the gear on some of them at the same time, uh, they look kind of bulky, and this figure is just a really nice Snake Eyes that's a nice, compact, good sculpt, so I, I'm looking forward to this one. All right, well, here's a weird one. It is uh, Firefly um, in what is very similar to the canceled Jurassic Park Resolute-ish Firefly uh, camo, which I don't camo think is a, chief, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't like this Firefly. I kind of like the head sculpt, but I don't like... Uh, his build, um, uh, he kind of looks like he has like a ski jacket on. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of this figure. I've heard other people say that he's great, but I'm just such a... I've loved almost every Firefly ever, and this isn't one of them. Well, so far, this is the... Oh, let's see, there's going to be the... There, there's going to be a Firefly, I believe, in the Amazon preview pack, but I don't think we're going to have the actor's head. This is... this. So far as I know, this is the only Firefly that's going to have the actor's head. Um, I don't know if that's going to make how unique this will be for, for people then after that fact that that's the only fact that will have this actor's head. The only thing that I find weird is just the, the extra play feature gimmick scooter thing they give them. There's Battle Blitz. I personally think that they've been trying to put a Battle Luge with Tunnel Rat pretty much forever. And perhaps this was designed at some point for a Tunnel Rat figure, and now we're getting it with Firefly. Because if you look back, uh, Battle Luge Guy actually is sculpted to look like Tunnel Rat um, in the Spy Troops line. And then Tunnel Rat in Sigma-6 in the cartoon, he also had the Battle Luge. Then I'm not sure if that... Did that come with a Sigma-6 figure? Did he have a Luge? I think it did. Yeah, he had a, he had a little cart. Thing. Yeah, I think that they've just been kind of really thinking that they, they wanted to put a luge with Tunnel Rat, and uh, even though this 
you know, is a, obviously a Firefly movie figure, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point that luge was um, stopped at the point of being a drawing, stopped at the point of having already been sculpted. At some point, I think there probably is a Tunnel Rat connection with, with this battle luge. But personally, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. I think that of all the figures shown, this is going to be one of the ones that's going to be a lot of fun for customizers. I personally oh, I like it. I am not rewriting my Battle Luge fanfic. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about it all. It's, no, uh, I like the I like the fig though. I think it's a good departure finally to see Firefly in something other than gray. I think that the, both the mold and the build do the, the actor Ray Stevenson justice, and I think it, it it's a good change of pace for Firefly. You know, one of the one of the things I've been rereading my old Joe run lately, and uh, Larry's inclusion of Firefly near the end of the original. Uh, comic series is part of the, you know, the Arasha Kabe doesn't hold up well at all if you go back and reread the early series. It, and I think Hasbro's gone that route over years with him being more of the ninja-ish type character. Screw that. I, I, I like seeing him more as the, uh, the the bulky physical presence, demolitions, blow, blow crap up type of guy. I'm in. I'm surprised they went with a green camo, though. I mean, when you think about it, green usually means G.I. Joe, but I, I love the mold of the figure. Though. He looks great. Now, is it just me? I, I'm, I'm looking at these pictures here, and uh, maybe it's a trick of the light, but if you look at a couple of the close ones, you know, 12, 13 on, on Justin's site with the paint, uh, it almost looks like some of that it is similar to the translucent light piping in the, uh, in the Zartan, as well as his hands in a couple of the photos. I think you're yeah. right, and the handles on the, the luge are clear, so I don't know if there's some kind of feature going on there yeah both the handles and that little uh there's like a little cylinder in the I, appears to be translucent as well i thought i did read, read a report that there is a light in that thing it, i mean even his forearms back behind the wrists kind of have an amber looking area that appears to do something i'm not sure if his hands light up i don't know why that would be a feature well, there, there's amber on the wrists and then up uh, a line up the arms on the bottom oh, yeah I'm wondering if there's a light-up feature in the little battle luge if it just goes through the translucency here. That goes all the way up the arms. Yeah, all the arms. yeah it does. I, again, I think that this is a sculpt that will probably look better once we see it uh, in the final form. I know that people were complaining that he looked too thin. I think that the lower portion of the torso is kind of twisted in relation to the top. And due to the fact that these things are done by hand, I don't think that they really have the ability to manhandle them, like, you know, move them around like they, they might want to get them perfect. Um, so I think that he'll look a lot better when we see the finished figure. Okay, well, on to uh, Zebra Duel Stor Ninja Duel Storm Shadow. I'm, I'm really kind of pissed off about this figure, so I'm just going to say that um, whether or not it's an intentional nod to Storm Shadow version 2, I really disliked. The nod in Rise of Cobra, I can't stand that figure. I think he looks like a... I don't know, I can't stand the figure. I like this one a little more, but I still don't like it. I just... I don't know what's stopping them from just repainting the Renegade's 30th Storm Shadow one more time into a version 2 instead of doing something like this with the big open cowl that looks like a space helmet and the, the skirt, and I just... I, I don't like this at all, and I... But I like the one from Rise of Cobra even less, so I can't really complain. This is at least a step up. I I don't really have anything to say about this one other than I don't like it. I have to agree with you. This figure breaks my heart. The uh, 
the version two eighty eight Storm Shadow is by far my favorite design iteration of that character ever. Same here. And uh, to see it, you know, so horribly redone multiple times is just painful. You know, obviously the intent is there and the execution is not. I, but how, how – I just don't – I understood for Rise of Cobra, they did a repaint because they had a figure done. They wanted to do a nod. I was like, fine, whatever. But now that they have two really amazing Storm Shadows, one on the 30th and then repainted again for this line, and then the uh, the Wave 1 Storm Shadow that they could have fooled around with, and they just did this resolute slash Rise of cobra you know, thing. I don't even know what it, – it, I don't even know what this is. It's like – uh, he looks like a bad piece of art. I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, I, was gonna, I, I definitely think the hood and the sort of zebra pattern are synonymous with the version 2. Like, if you're going to give that homage, those are the key elements. So I wouldn't necessarily want to see it in a uh, 30th version. And and the fact that the, the, the 88 Storm Shadows, your game and such, is a little more free-flowing, a little looser. But at the same time, this is way too zebra it's way too you know just taking the the dynamic of it just consolidate you know simplifying it a little too much that the that the intense lost and I, and you're right i don't think it's a good looking figure but it's I, like I, if, I think it's that, like if go ahead james i, I was going to just add to your thought there no no, no you, you got your perfect timing because uh, really, the thinking there—it's like it's like if Storm Shadow had his had his look redone by some by some skinny effeminate fashion designer in France. He he looks like he lost a bet with the Alley Vipers. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. it's, it's it's awful. Jean Paul Gaultier is rolling over right now. Oh my god, that's awesome! You know, I I'd actually be okay if they just went away with these big poofy hoods like forever. Because no matter what, they never sit right. Yeah. And it's just kind of obnoxious more than anything. I mean, I understand that there's probably not much they could do. I mean, if they did a smaller one, that'd probably be an issue. Then it would look too small. I think the I think the answer for a, a version 2 Storm Shadow is to start ahead from scratch and do it that way and make sure it's proportionate so it's not too wide and sort of vulva in its approach. Um, but then again, not too tight, so it's not like the Renegade Storm Shadow. I understand why people wouldn't want a version 2 done with the the Renegade Storm Shadow head, um, but I think it's at least a place to start. I don't know what they were thinking with this one. I really don't like the uh, plastic skirts that prevent them from sitting down in vehicles, and in the case of Storm Shadow, prevent him from doing any kind of kicks or anything else. I mean, part of that is is the limitations of the designs that came from the first movie, I think, because that's what this is, is looking a lot like. This is that same sculpt, correct? Yeah. Um, but I just think that, that, you know, you guys have hit upon all the correct things, but do you think that this has any clue to what may go on in the movie? Do you think that the uh, stuff that we talked about with the G.I. Joe Trooper also having a cobra look do you think that maybe in the movie there's something going on with uh storm shadows allegiance because this definitely is a throwback to gi joe storm shadow like well like, we do see that storm shadow is obviously there might be some cloning going on from what we've seen in the movie trailer and yeah there could be some uh, change of allegiance of storm shadow I, and, and i wouldn't doubt it i mean the, for the fact that they, he's one of the few returning stars of the previous movie it might make him something that's recognizable to be eligible to be a good guy, if you know what I mean. That's very true. He's actually a very, 
very popular actor overseas, so I wouldn't be surprised for him to do something like that to kind of take, uh, you know, position more in the forefront of the plot. Hawk thought that Snake Eye's plan to attack the Cloning Institute was unnecessarily violent. That brings us to Wave 3, and uh, in this way we kind of get, when you get to this wave in a, in a movie line, it's past Wave 1 and 2, you get past the core characters and we start seeing some characters that are off screen and not not really the main line guys. But uh, the first guy in Wave 3 we're looking at is Bruce Willis as Joe Colton, but really he looks more like the John McClane that we all wanted when we, had, we were kids watching the Die Hard series. He doesn't really have the look of what we've seen in the pictures from the movie, it looks more like somebody's kind of bringing what they wanted him to look like. I don't know. What do you guys think? This one was obviously quick out the gate. This is obviously, you know, they wanted to have a Joel Colton for Toy Fair. Maybe he wasn't ready to go. Tooling aside and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if something's different about him. If you look at the painting, obviously this was done really quick. Although, to its credit, for being as, I don't want to say sloppy, but as rushed as it is, it still looks pretty cool for what it is, I think. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, don't, I, yeah. I think it's fantastic that we're going to be getting a Bruce Willis likeness figure, Joe Colton, and the fact that the history of Joe, uh, I, I don't even care. He looks like John McClane. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's, that's recognizable. That is, that is so Bruce Willis. So bring it on. Not a bad I, no, that's not a bad thing. If we see, you know, if this sells very well, and maybe in some store exclusives or later down the line, we maybe see uh, another style of, uh, you know, a Bruce Willis coming out in a different type of uh, uniform or something. That head sculpt is fantastic. It's fantastic. I, I love it. it. You know, the beauty of the 25th figure, you know, the modern Joe figures is as long as they nail the head, all we have to do is find a body that we like and just pop and switch. So as long as they oh, nail the help. head. I'm going to have to go back and pick up another uh, 25th quick kick just so I can swap his feet onto this guy. Uh, maybe maybe they'll go back and redo the, the rest of the adventure team and they'll look like Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy from 48 Hours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'd buy it. <laughs> I, I'd buy two, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Weren't you part of that cast, Mike? Uh, no, no, but I was the voice of Snake Eyes in the original Sunbow series. <laughs> I thought I recognized that sassy voice from somewhere. Uh, yes, the dulcet baritone of Snake Eyes. And now I have to sit there and ponder. Yeah, Gary's mad because I didn't make. Gary's mad because I didn't plug the show in my intro. I'm I'm also a co-host, a regular co-host on What's on Joe Mind. <laughs> Great. Well, are you happy now? I got that in the middle of Wave Three. Are you happy? You're a jerk. You got much training. I don't know. Better late than let's just, let's just edit that out to make it perfect. Not only do I love the figure as well, I, I think it, it, at least at the, this point in time, this is really showing us where Hasbro's at in terms of you know having to deal with production schedules that got bumped up three months. I mean, I'm sure they had a nice solid game plan to have these figures out by July or beginning of August. You know, with the original movie date, and once they moved it to the end of June, they're probably scrambling. And you know, any concerns that people have, I, I think, will be ironed out by the time. Bruce comes out. Next up is uh, Lady J, and she looks to me a little bit more. Well, they, they both look like they've been rushed, but she looks a lot more well done in as far as the paint goes, and as far as uh, as her looking much closer to how she does in the movie. I mean, the face sculpt is not nearly as good as it is on Bruce Willis, but Bruce Willis is such you kind of had to hit that one pretty good 
And I don't think in the last movie either we really ever got a very good face sculpture on any of the female characters. I, I find it I find it weird that if it's one of the main characters in the movie, why are we waiting until Wave 3 to get this one? I'm not sure why, but I'm looking forward to it nevertheless. Well, that, that's because isn't this the... Is this not the New York exclusive? Is that a different Lady J? I, I, I'm going to have to... Uh, I, I'm just going to have to kind of be maybe the person who says the... The possible, I don't know, bad news, but I, I personally still don't think that this figure is a part of Wave 3. Um, if you look at the G.I. Joe Club website, their information is usually good. It does say that this is the New York Comic Con figure because it says San Diego Comic Con, then it shows all the San Diego Comic Con stuff, and it says New York Comic Con, and then it shows nothing but Lady J. They would actually have no reason to show the New York Comic Con logo after all that San Diego Comic Con stuff if they weren't referring to Lady J. And I know that people at Toy Fair, the, the Hasbro representative, did say that, that she was a part of Wave 3. But considering where she's standing on the shelf, I think that may be where their information came from. I don't think it would be the first time that maybe somebody at Toy Fair was confused and gave out information that wasn't entirely correct. And just from a little bit of deductive reasoning, um, I do think that the club is correct um, as far as there being a Lady J figure because some people were theorizing well maybe there's some confusion because there is a Wave 3 Lady J and there's a San Diego Lady J that doesn't really make sense to me because I can't imagine a Lady J figure having anything but an actor likeness head sculpt and I don't imagine they would release an actor likeness head sculpt on a reused body as a San Diego, or I'm sorry, as a New York Comic Con figure, if they plan on reusing that head at retail at all. Because, you know, if we were getting a brand new sculpted body for an exclusive, I could see that. Or if this outfit matched something that she had in the movie, I could see that. But it doesn't make sense to me for that Lady J to be a New York figure if we're getting her at retail at all. So I'm going to place my bets and say that there was a mistake made at Toy Fair. And there is no retail Lady J. And this figure that we're looking at is going to be a New York Comic Con exclusive. I, I could be wrong. It'd be nice if I was I, in some ways. But it's nice that we'll get her at all. Remember, we always hear the line over and over again back from Hasbro that female figures do not sell at retail. But apparently they sell pretty well as, as uh, exclusives. Yeah. Uh, so that would make sense in theory in that aspect. I would expect to see her at retail, though, that she, that, that she is a... You know, the number four star of the film, number five star of the film, she's going to get lots of screen time. I would almost expect to see this at retail, but hey, I'm not Hasbro. What do I know? I, I think it'd be almost a lock. I mean, you had the, the, the five characters that were based off movie characters in the last movie that were women had to have sold horrendously. You got two Baronesses, two Scarlets, a cover girl. Now, I know that the one, the, the, the desert uh, Scarlets was, was a peg warm. And the one of the Baronesses was a pegmore, but they would have had to really do bad to not have at least one character get on uh, one of the uh, Lady J's get on there. I think the female figures from Rise of Cobra did different in various regions. In my area, I had a horrible time finding an Agent Helix. I thought that yeah, that figure was the, awesome. Yeah, I agree. then I was on a road trip and I stopped in at Target, and there on clearance were ten Agent Helixes. 
So it really what? seemed to me that in that area they just didn't do well what, at all. Well, were they? So I don't think. Sorry. What? Were they selling well, or were they just distributed differently? Well, I, I was going to say there's definitely some poor distribution because Toys R Us got that wave in particular uh, last Christmas. Yeah, I mean that's my thing is so, people keep saying, "Well, it sold great where I was," and I'm like, "Well, I didn't even see it where I was, and I didn't assume it was sold out. I assumed we didn't get it." It's always a, a bad thing to you know take your measurements on how a line does by looking at your own region and seeing, well, my store didn't have it, therefore, you know, everybody what, else, what you, you know, looking sorry, at Sorry, sorry, losing his tank logic there. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, they do that a lot. That's the only thing I don't like about reviewers in general, is that they, you know, a lot of times, you'll, they'll look at their figure and be like, oh, well, it's got this smudge here, and this is wrong with their production, and it's clearly just isolated their figure. Yes. Bad paint app, yep. Bad paint app, yeah, you always have to take that in consideration with any review. And in turn, any... Regional site. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if I could actually just say something about the quality of the figure, I'm never a big fan of paint wiping. I think that this body is a great, you know, sculpt to use because it, it was just a good design to begin with, the uh, Renegade Scarlet. Um, but I'm really not a fan of uh, figures that look like paint was smeared on, which is how this brown looks. It just doesn't look that great. I think that if they use this as the New York Comic Con figure, I'm a little bit afraid that there might be some sort of indication to them that it just wouldn't sell well. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this would do compared to Quinn. I think that Quinn makes more sense as a comic book convention figure because he's from a comic book. But if they are pressing the movie, I certainly don't want to go you know, a year without having a Lady J from the movie. I'll be happy to have it, but I would like to see something done about that paint wiping because I'm never a fan. And yeah. speaking of, of bad of bad paint jobs, that brings us to our next figure in the wave, Alley Viper, a figure that I think a lot of us would agree has no real business being in the line or no real reason to be in the line. I think they just needed to fill a spot, kind of similar to how we had the Crimson Neo Viper in, uh, in Rise of Cobra in that third wave. I was looking to put something in there, but I mean, what do you guys think? Does this have any business being here? Blah. They're just they're using tooling again. Uh, and you got the reactive armor torso. Uh, we just got an alley viper. There's no need for this one, really. I would pa if it comes out. Yeah, I'm going to get a couple of them. But do they really? Does it? Uh, let's throw the, let's throw this one out and bring up something else from the from from AAA because this one this one doesn't need to make the calls up to the big leagues. Well, the one thing that concerns about me the most is the chest armor looks like it's the GI Joe, you know, reactive armor. Well, it's it, it's so similar. To, it's like the it's like both alley vipers put together. It's Pursuit of Cobra and Twenty Fifth Alley Viper. A, that's an accurate. It's similar. Yeah, they could just go move on from that one onto uh, onto Wraith Redux, which is the the Cyber Ninja, which is pretty much. I mean, you, you, if you missed out on Wraith the first time around, you can get him here. I, I know he's you know reuse of pretty much everything, isn't he? He's a pre, pretty much straight repaint. Even though he is, you know, sharing all those parts, I, I do like the look of him. I think he's he's going to fit well as far as a as a troop builder. And what do you guys think? I actually really like this figure a lot. I think that maybe it was a mistake for them to picture him with the wraith head on. I like the wraith head a lot, um, but the other head that's pictured there at the uh, toy fair is the crimson horseman head which looks more like a helmet and personally i think that once you swap those out the figure is going to look a little bit cooler i don't really know why the the press photo with the visor up 
showed that they actually were even painting the facial hair to look like Rafe. I think that's kind of maybe a mistake. They should either, you know, add in extra facial hair to make it look different or just not paint it if it's possible for the sculpt of it to not show up whenever it's painted. I think that they need to differentiate him a little bit from Wraith with that head because it just looks like it's, you know, popped straight off of that figure and onto this one. Otherwise, if you look at the details on the figure, I think it looks like a lot of fun. They chose the Helix pistols and... Um, some other weapons that, that just will look good. The blue trim looks great. I think that this is a fun figure, except for the way that they've chosen to paint that wraith head. I agree with Pat that uh, everything he said, and this is one of the few cases where the, the PR photo looks a lot worse than what we actually see on the shelf at Toy Fair. Well, that brings us to the last figure in Wave 3. We have the Dragon Ninja, and uh, as far as the army builders go, I, I find this to be... The, the nicest figure in the group. I mean, I don't I don't think we have a very good picture. Do we have a good picture of his accessories from Toy Fair? I mean, it's hard to see from the pictures on Justin's site. But uh, this figure just, I mean, there's not much. Again, we, we got another repaint, basically, of the of the, of the uh, Renegade Storm Shadow. But I just like the look. I, I love, I like the tattoo. The whole thing just, just works well for me. I think they should have stuck the, uh, the Pursuit of Cobra Storm Shadow head that's by his feet on this one. Um... I think that would have sold it a little better because we've seen there's a lot of these Storm Shadow repaints floating around in this line. I think sticking that head on there uh, would make people appreciate something they probably weren't able to appreciate in Pursuit of Cobra because of his whirlwind gimmick. The club has some great pictures, actually, a layout of his accessories on their website. Um, I, I One of the things, I mean, mentioning the club and uh, in relation kind of to where I'm coming at with this figure. I really like it because I love the 2003 concept idea of introducing Black Dragon, the old adventure team uh, nemesis, into the three and three quarter inch universe. But then throughout time, Black Dragon, because they used the ninja bodies, Hasbro introduced at retail the Black Dragon Ninja, which it had specifically said at the club that they weren't ninjas. Um, so I kind of like the fact that so far, from what I can tell, this one's just called Dragon Ninja. And personally, I kind of like that because as far as the story aspect of G.I. Joe, I will have wanted a separation between the organization Black Dragon and the Black Dragon Ninja. And it'd be nice if, if going from you know here on out, we just get Dragon Ninjas and the Black Dragon organization separate from each other. We have just uh, completed wave three. We're going to move on to wave four. From the, uh, from the, the two uh, images we actually have from wave four uh, is actually, I think, probably one of the most unique G.I. Joes I think I recall ever seeing. And that's the, uh, the blind master, uh, Mr. Wu-Tang, um, who comes with uh, some really, uh, really great, I think, weapons as far as being unique and being different than what we've been offered before. And uh, I, I actually really like his mask. I think I'll never take his mask off just because of how much I like the mask for what it is. Um, but then again, I, uh, you know, I, it, it kind of reminds me uh, of that, um, what is it, the is it Battle Chord Frostbite? Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, yes, that's exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah, it just, I mean, yeah, it's more colorful. It's more kind of um, 
tribal and whatnot, but uh, it reminds me of that, and so I will always leave that on him. But yeah, I actually think this this figure is ex really unique for what it is. Um, I mean, at least as far as a martial arts thing goes in GI Joe, uh, I don't know. I think I think he's going to be one of those standout things that uh, grow on people as it goes along if they don't like it right now. I like him a hell of a lot better as the ninja instruction than the uh, art master. He he just looks fun. Yeah. I, I was kind of disappointed they didn't have his hat on, and I want to see him with his hat on. Honestly, guys, I don't even know if I can if I can gush enough about this figure. I think one of the the integral things for Joe is a brand in in total is for it to be continually moving forward, and for the opportunity not only to add, you know, you know, obviously there's the tie of the blind master to the old mythos, and this could or could not have anything more than a, a similar, you know name to it um but it's a new character we haven't had in plastic form uh on the joe side of the house and that's something that's really been lacking lately and so for that i'm excited and yet to the fact that this figure looks fantastic it's great sculpting great accessories uh great personality etched in the face and out of everything that we have seen for the uh, retaliation line so far this is the figure i'm looking most for that brings us to uh to the non- San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Jinx. Jinx hasn't had a, a whole lot of run in recent years, clearly. Not anything, I mean, uh, what, what, what did we have? Well, we'll get the one in, in the, the, the subscription service, should it ever get off the ground. Um, we had that. Uh, we had one back in, in uh, Valor vs. Venom, which is, you know, getting back a few years already. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited just to have a, a fresh take on the character. I'm, I'm okay with this one. Uh, now we bring another member to our team, bringing Jared in, who you all know from our first podcast. Jared, come on, say hi. How you doing? Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, Jared. Hey, hey, Jared. We're we're jumping into to wave five here on Generals Joe's. If you uh, are up for following along, uh, so you know this brings us to wave five now, which is uh, typically as far as convention and toy fair reveals goes, brings us into the dangerous canceled territory. Of it, you know, eventually in the long run, I hopefully. It doesn't come to pass with this wave because this is kind of the second run for these guys. Uh, Sam, you got some more. You might be able to give us some information on the history of these characters. Well, really, without getting into too much detail, uh, my understanding is they're carryovers from the thirtieth. Um, so the fact that they're still being pushed forward, you know, obviously every time in part of the problem with Joe and any of you know the modern toy lines, whether it's Transformers or Star Wars or whatnot is the, the annual rebranding. So the fact that, you know, come the end of each year's brand, you know, things are going to get cut. And if, the, if these are two of the figures out of that cut that got pushed forward, I, I'd consider us fortunate there. Um, and leading right into the figures, they both look good to me. I mean, obviously, you know, we can all, all those of us who've been around for a while can honestly say we've had more than our dosage of Crimson Guard goodness over the years. But looking back, we really haven't, had much on that side since the 25th line, and realistically, 25th was 2007 calendar year. You know, at least by my reckoning, is five years ago. So it's about time, and I don't feel that I've been saturated with with it lately. Other than this and the recent uh, Crimson His Tank, we really haven't got much under this wing, and I don't think it's a bad representation. I, I'm just gonna say I'm I'm not really huge on this Crimson Guard. Uh, he just looks kind of. Head looks kind of squished. Uh, I've always been, uh, since we've seen uh, the repaint with the silver faceplate, I, I decided that I, I do like the black one better. Um, he just looks kind of busy. 
I, I always thought Crimson Guards needed to look more, I don't know, maybe just more more dressy, more uh, more function, more uh, function over form. And maybe you can maybe you get that if you take uh, the web gear off and things like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not real big on this one. He looks just kind of squished. I think that the uh, Toy Fair photos look a little bit better in this case than the uh, press photos. I wasn't real happy with the helmet from the Toy Fair. It looked more squished to me. I think that I'm really curious to see this in hand, to see what that helmet looks like in 3D, because so far I think I do like the helmet. Again, the thing I'm going to say I'm not crazy about is the paint wiping on the boots. Crimson Guard being who the character is, or the characters are, I should say, I think they would keep their boots pretty clean. I, I, I think that a lot of times whenever you see uh, paint wiping and like dirt on the treads of the old Toys R Us, his tank, it kind of prevents them from being as versatile because they can't really look like they're around the base. They have to look like they're out in the field and that they just went through some sort of combat. And Crimson Guard, I think that regardless, he'd keep himself clean. So I'm really not a fan of that, but I do like the figure overall. I think that the sword in the back, is that what's going on there? That that's somehow shaft yeah, back there? That looks awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, overall, I think it looks great. I think that the vest looks like something that they can come off. Uh, I've always been in love with the idea of Crimson Guards, you know, not whenever they're necessarily on guard, ever since the idea of the Crimson Guard Immortal. I remember reading the old Impel card and reading the bio that was slightly different there, talking about them actually being um, political figures from throughout the world. Uh, I think that they got rid of that for obvious reasons by the time the figure came out but it always did make me think you know who is that underneath the mask and sometimes i think that it's just somebody of importance they're definitely one of the more interesting things of cobra and i really like the look that this one has with the uh you know you could tell that the dressed crimson guard standard torso is kind of underneath the the vest so i think this figure is going to be a hit with me at the very least and i like the red it does really remind me of the um iron claw versus crimson guard trooper iron claw trooper and crimson guard trooper comic pack that was canceled okay sorry guys just want to jump in real quick on this crimson guard i uh you know first my first take on this is uh, i like it as it's more of an aggressive style to the Crimson Guard than, uh, say, the A-Raw design, um, whereas the A-Raw almost looks like a ceremonial type of outfit or, or you know, dress for the, the Crimson Guard. This looks very much like a combat Crimson Guard, which I don't think um, that we've seen before. So I really like the aggressive styling. The combat vest is really cool. Uh, the boots uh, look great, um, minus the, the uh, paint wipe. But other than that, I think it looks great and, and looks like he's ready to jump in and kick some ass. That vest, by the way, looks like a straight rip from a Blackhawk gear catalog. Very cool. I only read Vanity Fair. That's it's such an elitist pictures, magazine. Right? It is an elitist magazine, and I love it. <laughs> and, and next uh, we have Night Viper, the other, the other figure in the wave. Um, again, you know, I, I'm kind of muted on this. Night Viper used to be one of my favorite characters as a kid, but once... Uh, you know, Jungle Viper came in, that kind of up the ante. So, I mean, this is a great figure. I just, I think they needed to get a, give it a little more pop given what's coming out, what, what has came out in Pursuit of Cobra. Well, first, everyone's been making the Jungle Viper comparison, and it's not that it's, it's not that it's unfair, but I mean, Jungle Viper is Jungle Viper, Night Viper is Night Ops. 
I yes, they're similar, but they weren't. Jungle Viper was never intended to be an homage to Night Viper in any respect. You know, it was a, you know, is half based on a dream John Warden had, and and I just I understand the similarities. They totally make sense, but Jungle Viper's his own animal, and I'm like I this Night Viper I. I don't like the DTC kind of look to it. I don't know what the right answer is for doing a great Night Viper, but I don't think these are the colors to do right now for it. I'm not sure I like the helmet, but then again, if that helmet is military accurate, then that's my own ignorance. So if it is accurate to an extent, then I'm okay with it. I do like it's the chin. It's not? Yeah, then I don't care. And then like the the chin, I like the chin piece. That The, the, the chin piece is the part that tells me this is a specialty viper. It's not just some guy with night vision. But I just I don't I can't get behind this. He just he looks like the like the night viper we got through the club to whatever extent and I don't know. I just and I love night viper. That's the problem. And I know that the the 80s night viper the only way they could have designed him is the way he looks, which is a little you know, it's it's not it's not a uh, sleek by any means and but it works for what it was back then. I just, I think it's just too DTC, and I think it's, uh, I just, I can't get behind it. And I think the, the easy choice was giving it the the Jungle Viper head because it has the holes in the head, and I don't know. I, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it needs to be like Jungle Viper. No, I'm no, no. I, given Pursuit of Cobra, how it is, yes. how it is Uber made every figure. I we agree. We need a better weapon. We need a better set of goggles. This, we need to just improve... What you've been improving with Pursuit of Cobra. Yes, if you're going to do a Night Viper, it should have been a 30th anniversary slash Pursuit of Cobra Night Viper that went all the way. One of these figures needs to really go all the way, and I, when I heard there was a Night Viper, I thought that was going to be the big, okay, here's our retaliation toys, you're going to have your complaints, but here's our 30th Night Viper. Bam! And instead, I to me, it just looks like a canceled 25th Night Viper. You know, it's just, eh. I don't know. I want to really like yeah. it. Maybe, maybe in hand, like Pat said about the the Crimson Guard. Maybe in hand, it's a much more interesting figure. I, I, I just don't. That's not my thing. I'm with you on that one, Gary. And I think, I think after we've seen uh, the Alley Viper and the Cobra Trooper and the and the Cobra Viper go go up that extra notch uh, with the 30th anniversary, I think you know, you know, we're kind of expecting that out of the Night Viper. And it, it just doesn't happen. It's not a bad figure. It, it's just kind of, you know, if, if it came out two or three years ago, we'd, we'd still be infatuated with it. But it didn't, and it, it's going to come out on the tail end of all this stuff, and it's, it's just going to seem like it got left behind. You know, I guess uh, I'm going to have to go alone to center on this. Go ahead, Jer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, Mike, I was just going to say, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Had this come out in, you know, 2008, 2009, this thing, people would have been falling all over themselves to get this thing yes. and be going for crazy prices on eBay. You know, you know, it's pretty obvious that, well, it looks like the Crimson Guard was more of a Pursuit of Cobra type design, whereas this one it falls more in the 25th, you know, reissue, redo kind of, a, kind of flavor to it. Um, the detail's not as sharp. There's just not that much of it. Um, the, the heads, the head sculpt, it's a it's a good looking figure, but there's nothing that makes it pop. And after the Pursuit of Cobra line and the 30th anniversary, that's the problem. There's just no pop to it. I don't discount what anyone has said so far on this. I think it's a lot of reuse of parts. 
And so they probably could say, hey, this would be nice if we could toss this out to the fans. I mean, the, the web gear is reused from the movie. I'm not quite sure who the torso is, but it looks familiar. Um, so it might just be one of those things that they could have cheaply done for us and then maybe try to please us. Maybe it works for some and doesn't work for others. I'm okay with it. You know, I'll probably end up army building it, but that's just me. But at this, this so far in the future, uh, who's ever said it once before, I mean, we there, the possibility of even seeing this all together is really in, it, it painted in the unknown area. So I'm going to jump off the deep end here from everyone else and, and be the dissenting opinion. I mean, obviously, I'm a big Night Viper Homer. You know, the the sleeve logo for them has been my avatar online since the beginning. You know, so there's no shortage of fanhood there. But I really think, whether intentional or not, the simplistic sleek look of the figure really has me sold and i know part of this is you know maybe it's background and experience um but if you look at you know i I know some of the perception a lot of guys have when it comes to you know the whole military realism thing you know i look at a figure you know that we all rave about like the pursuit of cobra beachhead and i look at that guy and sure he looks cool but my god i wouldn't want to have to you know throw on a rock and move in his gear um and so speaking as a guy that does that sort of thing, when I look at this dude, I'm pretty jealous of how little he's wearing and carrying and uh, wish I could get away with that. And, and there's times where we do that sort of thing. Uh, also, I think everybody's discounting, you know, there are a couple extra weapons, you know, lying there in a couple good pictures. Uh, they're not on just in sight. It's not just that shotgun that he's got in those pictures. Um, there, there's another couple good weapons. I think with the head and helmet design, I think... You had to keep what was there before. I, I really do. You know, night vision technology has obviously changed since 1988. You know, and even then, what they put on that figure wasn't close to accurate. So I think it's more of an iconic thing. It's it's the same to me as getting rid of, uh, you know, Snake Eyes' visor. You know, other options have been tried, and that's the same one we keep coming back to. So I, for one, I'm sold. I'm I'm already planning at least 40 or 50 of these suckers, so who knows where I'm going to stop. So everyone you guys find a pass on, you can send my way. Sam, Sam's got his, his army builder blinders on. That, that can be army build. He's thinking, well, you know, I, I, I have to have 100. Like you said, 40 or 50. 40 or 50, Sam, that is, in, in your world, that is saying that I don't like these that much. <laughs> I was going to say that, that Sam's not the lone dissenter as far as saying that this is actually kind of cool. Um, I do like this figure, and it sounds like Sam's going to buy enough of them that Hasbro should definitely make them. Um, I think one of the things that's kind of making people go, eh, on this, is that the original figure, to me at least, the very key feature that it had that made it a win was the fact that that rifle attached to his right leg. There weren't a ton of figures that that worked with, with the vintage line, and that was you know, the main playability and, and one of the things that I would have definitely wanted to include in a, you know, a new updated Night Viper. I, I think that maybe probably because of cost, they had to reuse parts. They did a good job choosing lower legs because they have that ribbed look to them. But I really think that if they would have somehow found a way to include a rifle that uh, hooked onto his leg and a backpack that had more of that tech look that the original one had, I think that this one would go a little bit further to looking like a classic Night Viper and wouldn't kind of be stuck in the middle of looking like Pursuit of Cobra or 25th kind of update. I think that it's a good figure, though. I don't think that we should miss it. And personally, I also love the helmet. I would not have wanted to see a change. 
you'll never catch me ever attaching a rifle to my leg. Just saying. I just figured that was like standard military protocol. Is that not right, Sam? Oh, yeah, yeah. I do the rifle on the leg, and then I try to use the pistol <laughs> on each ankle. Yeah. What about the knife on the thigh and around your calf on both sides? Yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind, that the more weight you can put on your legs, the better you are in combat. Makes sense. Also, I mean, that makes perfect sense. He's also sense. rocking the, the twin 150-pound handheld Gatling guns like 89 rock and roll. <laughs> hey, no big deal. And you've got two sniper rifles on your backpack, right? Yeah. Hey, man, I mean, HGH. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to uh, talk really quickly about the motorcycles, um, so I don't really want to dwell for too long. I did notice that the motorcycles appear to have been based on an Iron Man toy rather than the other way around. If you kind of dig through some of the uh, Toy Fair images that are online, you'll find that there's the Avengers line coming out, also from Hasbro, and that Iron Man is riding the same motorcycle that Snake Eyes and Flint are on. And not only is he riding it, but there's a triangle that is sculpted into the front end. Um, on Snake Eyes' motorcycle, which is the one I'm looking at right now, there's the Arashikage logo along the side of it, and then right above it, there's a triangle. If you look at that, you kind of notice that that's definitely... Uh, based on the design of Iron Man's armor. So I believe that these ninja bikes were most definitely uh, sculpted for the Avengers line and then fit into G.I. Joe. It almost makes me wonder if maybe they had both in mind at the same time because it's not like Iron Man has swords on his. So, But I, I just thought that it was an interesting point and that if anybody is a huge fan of this it might also be worth taking a look at the iron man line it really doesn't detract for me from what this is i know that i have you know through valor versus venom and the target packs i definitely have had plenty of ninja motorcycles um this one definitely seems like it's more for the kids than the collectors to me so it's not that big of a deal um I'm probably going to get this one, though, because I do think that it still looks like a cool bike, despite the fact that there was the cost-cutting measure of making it for both the Avengers line and G.I. Joe. Up next is the uh, the water moccasin that I think, if we had gotten in the uh, the 25th line, it probably would have sold enough that we never would have seen it again after. I'll be curious to see if the missile launching side actually has the option of another like regular gun i don't think it necessarily needs it i think that that missile launcher doesn't look too ridiculous personally but i did like whenever they included for the um cobra fury the other missiles and parts that would, would make it look more classic and i'll be curious to see if cost cutting measures make those disappear because i don't think we know for sure whether or not that'll happen not big on the name fang boat but uh besides that it's kind of cool well it's isn't, yeah. isn't swamp viper a vampire isn't that the next step in G.I. Joe? Does does he glitter? Yes. That's an obvious next step for the brand. I just want my Abe Lincoln vampire hunter. You know, Zartan playing Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that's that's pretty timely. That would work. <laughs> they could make Zartan glitter in the sun rather than change color. Up next is the uh, the the Tread Ripper with uh, Sam Clutch Damon. Um <laughs> Tell me that's not Sam. The very first time I saw them, I'm like, they finally made Sam into an unarticulated action figure. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, Sam, has, Sam has, last I remember, Sam, he has elbows. <laughs> well, well, Sam, my question to you is, uh, do you think you'd be able to run faster with all those guns all over your your, your uh, 
combat suit or with five points of articulation. And one grenade over your heart? Man, I don't know. So tough to choose. I, I think <laughs> I might need to be able to bend my knees, though. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's talk about this this tread ripper, which is a uh, a, a, a reformatted his scout with uh, what looks like I don't know what that circuitry is supposed to be on it, and I certainly don't know why um, it's a ninja, but there it is. Um, I actually everything's I, a ninja in this movie, dude. I like it. I'm not sure I get some of the colors, like the fact that it's like a sort of eastery blue and then like a military green. It almost doesn't look like a, it's from this toy line, or at least not this era. Um, it's, it's a turtle's toy. It is a turtle's toy. Trained but, by Snake Eyes himself. But I never thought of that. Yeah, I'm more a fan of it as a crazy cobra vehicle than I am as something for the Joes. It just doesn't, it doesn't say Joe to me. Agreed. I think this may be another situation where in the universe you've got Destro who designed equipment for G.I. Joe actually serving Cobra. So I think this may be the, like... The, the early G.I. Joe version of of what the His Tank was. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too crazy about it. Maybe those uh, ninja symbols are on the guns because they're targeting ninjas, not because it's a ninja vehicle. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, um, this thing is just, I look at it and I kind of, the, gu- the guns just seem so big. It seems like if they were to fire, the thing would tip over backwards. Um, but those guns are straight from the his tank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're straight off the uh, the pock his tank. But um, you know, I look at this thing and I go, I'm not interested in the slightest. But then I look at it and I think, you know, my four year old son would go nuts for this thing. We're gonna skip the off striker because Hasbro should have and move on to the uh, very Voltron esque his tank. Finally, a Cobra vehicle that can hold more than one Cobra since the uh, since the uh, the um, Steel Crusher. The Steel Crusher. Uh, finally, a vehicle that holds more than one Cobra, or, unless that's just half a Cobra Commander sitting on top, and he's part of the His Tank. Um, I think this looks like one no, of those... please, no. I think this looks like a mix between Resolute, like the Resolute His Tank, and a Voltron, uh, like something Prince Lothar's army would, would command. <laughs> I'm just dying at the thought of an R2-D2 kind of Cobra Commander on top of a <laughs> I, Well, I didn't want to spoil the I ending. Really that's not the case. I didn't want to spoil the ending of the movie. Uh, honestly, I can say, in general, the design doesn't look bad. The guns on the chin turret are such a step down from the Pursuit of Cobra version. Yes. Um, h- however, I think you touched on it you know, just a bit with this saying this looks like a cross between the, you know, the Resolute one. That Resolute his tank that we saw, I think it popped up in the, the video game, and it was definitely in the cartoon, is one of the sweetest his tank designs I've ever seen in any medium. And I was hoping after Pursuit of Cobra that we would the next iteration would move to that. Well, so with that as my bar for expectation, this is pretty much a disappointment. Well, especially after at the panel, well, you weren't there, but at the panel last year, they actually showed sort of how far they might have gotten with that Resolute tank. And, I mean... I, that to me, that is a guaranteed like sell. If you're gonna have to do another his tank, do the one everyone wanted in the first place. I'm pretty sure it's a guaranteed sell. I I get why this one exists. I'm just I think if they had skipped the awe striker, skipped the his scout, skipped you know three vehicles to put out one good one, that would have been the guaranteed sell. Had they made the Resolute tank, I would have swapped out my 20 DTC hisses for those. Exactly. That's guaranteed sales. Exactly. This is not. Yeah. 
All right, which brings us to um, the new vamp, um, which is also uh, apparently um, knows kung fu. Um, I don't know another vamp. Uh, it's very. I put a green one, get a dreadnought ground assault out of it. I don't know. Uh, I kind of dig it. I hope the I hope the the colors are a little a little more muted than what they are, but. Uh, I like the I, I like the doors. I like the the, the canopy. Uh, it's just kind of a nice progression for that uh, that vehicle. The, the the vamp, the Pac vamp, was something that I really wanted to love. I really wanted to, but I just didn't. I just couldn't get into it. But I look at this with the with the armor and uh, you know the missile rack, and this thing just looks so freaking cool. Um, if I have any criticism of this, it's that it doesn't look like it has you know clear glass in the windshield and that's going to bug me but you know and and as long as those uh, ninja snake eyes arashikage symbols are or stickers i think i think i'm going to be in good shape with this thing so i'm going to slap some culprit logos on there and and load up the troops this could easily be a stinger well i'm sure they i'm sure they have a repaint in mind if they went to the uh trouble of kind of redoing a bit of it here's to hoping i don't even know if that's maybe the club will do it Oh, God. <laughs> if the club is going to do a vehicle, they'll make sure to pre-sell it to you. They'll well, give you the drivers up front. The the the, <laughs> the five-point articulation. Yes, figure. the vamp five is point the articulation stealer. The vamp is the thirteenth figure. <laughs> so now we're on uh, to the the ghost talk, which uh, I think is the perfect counter to the Renegades VTOL, which I absolutely love. I think this has a bit of, like, real American hero to it, a bit of Pursuit of Cobra, a bit of Rise of Cobra, a bit of Retaliation, um, maybe even a bit of Resolute and its sort of a hyper-detailed approach. Um, I can't wait to see what this thing is really like in person, uh, because I really want to like it as much as I feel like I do. Um, I, I bought 10 VTOLs from Kokomo Toys. I'm going to buy probably even more for the Joes for this thing. Um... I just seen Mudbuster. It's Mudbuster, but it's like I mean, if you're gonna, which isn't a bad thing. It, I mean, it was a fun, goofy little vehicle, and I say this is a fun, goofy vehicle. But you know, it is fun. But that's what I'm saying. You know, this that's is all I care about. That's what I'm saying. As far as as far as it goes, it it's a it's a toy toy. Like it looks like a toy. It's not trying to be super serious. I mean, it just. Uh, uh, Gary, I hate this thing. I hate I hate to crash on your parade, but. I mean, this is this is to me everything that's everything that I hate to see in a Joe vehicle. It, it's it a vehicle of this size. Oh, oh even better! Uh, a vehicle this size it appears to only hold one figure, at least from appearances. Um, and there's rumors, you know, somebody talked about it can suck another one up in the middle or something. Whatever, that doesn't really appeal to me. I, I think unless it's a straight up, you know, slick fighter jet, you know, in the in the style of the old. Sky Striker Conquest, you know, that was okay then, but, you know, the, the playability doesn't look like there's that much other than a bunch of honking missiles. They're bright orange. You know, again, I hate to say it, but this looks like a, you know, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toy. The what? simplicity is there. The engines, I don't know what those are, man. Now I see it. Now I can't let it go. It's totally a Turtles toy. Why did you have... Oh, it looks like their van. I don't know. It doesn't, it's it's not right like the colors. missiles have their tongues sticking out or anything like that. No. It's not... There's but, nothing about it that I would refer to as wacky, so I can't oh, quite those, call it. Look at those turbines. They're the yeah, size of the Yeah, 
they are large. I, I think that it's a matter of the proportion of the turbines versus the wings. This isn't my favorite vehicle by any means, but I'm wondering what the features are of it because I remember the uh, was it called the Tomahawk from Valor versus Venom? I think it was the jet. Tomahawk jet. That one didn't look that great in pictures, but when I got that thing in hand, some of the features, like the sounds it made, I, I mean, I, I hate to admit it, you know, being a collector and, and falling for the gimmicks, but they were a lot of fun. Hopefully this one is fun as well. Like you said, if it's just this large and you just pop a figure inside, that's going to be pretty boring. So I'm really hoping that they didn't go that way. I'm hoping that it actually has some some play value and maybe some, some other figures will fit in the back. Yeah. I assume those double missiles shoot out. Yeah, and, and for the size of it, I have to kind of wonder, you know, what the fate was of the Howler that we saw at the convention. Because the Howler was a fun design that, you know, had a figure spot for a figure in the front. I think it opened up across the top so you could fit some things down inside. It, it was overall a fun design that wasn't, you know, too, too large. Um, and I, I still kind of am holding out, hoping to see that, even though... You know, its representation in the movie may not have been the best. Um, it, it definitely was a good-looking toy. Do the uh, wings rotate? I don't. It, it looks like they might at the point of the engines, but even then, that's just not enough for me. We we had that, uh, you know, in the eight, you know, what nineteen eighty four with the Rattler. If that's is all we can do now, then I'm not sold. It's just the engines, man. The engines are what d- does it for me. I just they're huge. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, the vehicles for the most part and uh, most of the figures. We're going to skip the uh, Ninja Dojos for now, and we're going to reserve the San Diego uh, exclusives for next week um, or for next episode because uh, the next episode will be uh, we'll have a, a special guest, Mr. Jim Sorensen, who, uh, if you've been paying attention to the uh, front page news of most of the forums, is working on a Sunbow model book. So he'll be here, and uh, we'll also have a special uh, guest host uh, helping us bring Jim Sorensen into the uh, world of Declassified. Um, But since we're going to be covering Sunbow, and uh, I think specifically maybe even the Sunbow film, I think it's appropriate to uh, A, save the uh, San Diego Jinx to talk about next episode with Jim and get his take on these. And uh, also, since Jim Sorensen's first book was a Transformers book, I think it's appropriate to save the uh, the sound wave hiss uh, for that as well. So we'll we'll do that on the next shockwave. episode. The shockwave. What did I say? Sound wave. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, that wraps wraps up our sort of toy fair uh, retrospective. And uh, James and Gary had to tap out early, but uh, but yeah. Anyone have anything they would like to add? Anything they would like to plug? Uh, Heroes.com. <laughs> there you go. I'd like to. Uh, Go ahead, Gary. I was just, I'd like to give a big personal, and I know we all feel this way, a uh, welcome home to Sam. Uh, hasn't been the same without you around, and uh, it's good that you're back, and even better that you decided to come on tonight, and uh, can't wait to uh, see you at Con, and uh, just thank you for everything, and I'm just glad you're home safe. Thanks, man. Uh, I'd just like to say thanks to you guys, too. I mean, I was gone a long time. Uh, I'm sure it probably seemed a lot longer for me than it was you. But regardless, uh, it, it's very possible for a project like ours for it to go, you know, in the hole, in the negative, so to speak, uh, without the, the driving force behind it. And instead of that, you guys picked up the ball and made some positive yardage. And for that, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, 
Joe Declassified has been a labor of love for me, and to see other guys as personally invested really uh, really makes me feel that what we're doing is worth it. So thanks to everybody that participated. Anytime. You're welcome. It's worth it. I appreciate you providing us the playground. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. Absolutely. And to everybody listening out there, get out there, join the fun with us uh, at jodyclassified.com. We've got forums that are open. We we like to reveal fun pictures about stuff like this and, and, uh, and chat about the the minutiae. Uh, so if you're if you're looking for a, a a discussion that is a little bit different than what you get on most of the normal normal message boards out there, uh, please by all means uh, join us at jodyclassified.com. Yeah, we didn't really reveal much like we did last episode where we had a huge reveal, but uh, don't let that put you off because we just had a lot of Toy Fair stuff to cover. And But don't be uh, discouraged that we didn't have anything as major as last time because when I, when I tell you that there's an absolute ton of things that we can throw your way, there's a ton of things we can throw your way, and we will do our best to get it out there in a timely and uh, respectable manner, and uh, hopefully it'll... Uh, brighten even your darkest collecting data find out something you didn't know i just want to give a shout out to project uh we just finished up our third quarter poll for our next club figure we're going to be doing uh, dr venom and that sculpture sheet should be up uh, by the time this episode airs so swing on by and check it out all right well i'd like to thank everyone that was uh, able to attend this evening there's still a few people that have yet to join us on an episode of Joe Declassified, but uh, they're working on it, whether it be uh, they're just busy or ill or just uh, not here. Um, so hopefully that'll keep things interesting as the uh, rest of the cast sort of rounds itself out over the next few episodes. Um, as always, check out uh, JoeDeclassified.com and JoeDeclassified.com slash forum. And uh, make sure you check out CardedHeroes.com. Make sure you check out What's on Joe Mind if... By some miracle, you're listening to this and you're not listening to that. Uh, make sure you check out yojo.com since a lot of our members are from yojo.com. And really, where else are you going to go? And um, unless anyone can think of anything else, I think we're going to tap out. Good times. Good night. Good night. And good luck. Good luck.